Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Weezer. Before we begin, if you're a fan of the show, please take a second to subscribe and rate the podcast. We love to keep Top 5 Disco going and growing, and your support and engagement will help make that happen. Last week, we discussed the band's ambitious and impressive ninth album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End. And this week, we're going to talk about their carefully crafted love-lettered California, their 10th record, The White Album. Here we go. All right, so Everything Will Be All Right in the End comes out. One of my biggest musical regrets, musical show regrets, is that they played at Bowery Ballroom this whole album front to back. I, I fucked think up I read and that. missed it. That is insane. Missed I know. It. And I'm they so played sad. a handful of like Pinkerton B-sides what? before the Believe me, you, you do not want to check out that set list. No. <laughs> it is devastating that I missed it. I think it, I think it like sold out way too quickly and then I was too stubborn to pay however much. Yeah. Oh, man. I. Anyway... <laughs> They tour on this album. They actually get new management, not new record label, but new mm-hmm. management. Oh, it is actually a new record label also because uh, they eventually go to Atlantic. Um, but this is kind of weird, but their management suggested, oh, maybe your next album should be a beach album. And that's how we got White Album. How weird is that? that that's, that's what happened? Yes. You see, what I heard <laughs> is that they decided to work with Jake Sinclair, the producer, who engineered If You're Wondering If I Want You To, which is an an interesting connection. And while Jake and Rivers were sort of sifting through 235 demos, (laughs) this song, uh, this song, California Kids, the first song on the album, was the only one to make the cut and the beach theme about this song, supposedly, that's what I heard and that's okay. what I read, spawned the theme of, you know, we should make a beach album. It's actually very possible they went hand in hand. They came up with, the, or they found think, this song and the management was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. You should make yeah, a beach and album. and I think River's like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Like, why have I not done this before? Yeah. In my sort of love for Beach Boys so clearly sort in all America. his music. Oh, and just all the doo-wop, yeah. sort of 50s, 60s pop melodies and great uh, background vocals, layers. Anyway, yes. they were like, why don't we do a Beach Boys record or like just a California-based sort of, you know, sitting on the beach kind of record. Um, he also... Rivers started a couple of different new songwriting techniques. Yes. One of which is he, lyric-wise, he used Tinder, literally the dating app, to go and meet people around LA and talk to them and like get stories from other people. That's so interesting. It is really interesting. It's a kind of cool thing. Um, similarly, um, he has this new sort of cut-up technique that he started using. I don't know if I like this, but I mean, it came out with the White Album, so what can I say? Yeah. Where he basically has, you know, a bridge here, a verse here, a chorus here, and he tags them. He makes all these Excel spreadsheets of like, here's what the BPM is here, here's what the key is here, here's the phrasing of this. Right, they're all sorted out based on syllable count and word stress. And he sort of Frankensteins the songs together. It is interesting. In theory, I'd be like, this would sound like shit, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Also, he would have these Spotify playlists with songs that have cool chord progressions that he would go to so it's interesting not that like songwriters don't like use influence from other songs well, i'm but sure this, they love music as much as but we this do seems and... so it's such a new way of writing and it is re- it is really interesting that while there are so many moments that sound like old their old albums uh blue and pinkerton that the songwriting came out in this so well magnificent record yeah part of me is like why Why did he switch up the songwriting? Was he recognizing that his songs weren't as good? But then we hear last album, you're like, no, they're getting really good again. 
or he just wanted to, or maybe he's always done this and this is the first time it's sort of been promoted. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he has. All I do know is, so we already said they started working with Jake Sinclair. So Jake Sinclair was a fan of the band. He would, he said it first and foremost, he was like, I am a huge fan of you guys, of Weezer. And he was basically the voice of the fans, the voice of the diehard 90s Weezer fans. While Rivers, while Rivers wanted to push for a newer sound. And I don't know if that means Pacific Daydream was the newer sound, if Black Album was the newer sound. I don't know what it was necessarily, but I wonder if this was something he was just like, I want to try something new. I want to write differently. Mm -hmm. So he used these techniques to still kind of try to experiment a little bit while Jake was keeping them, reining them in or rather bringing them back to their roots. You know, it's interesting. I also read that what Jake did was he worked with each band member separately to yes. work on their parts, and it shows. It shows it really so does hard that they're not just sort of going along with whatever Rivers brings in as demos. They are actually developing really cool riffs, sounds, fills. It is. It is really amazing to me what we just said about Jake being a fan, and he was just speaking for. I, you know, all what? Of I never us. even thought about that. It's like White Album is the album that happens when you have a Weezer fan come and produce your album. Yes, like it really is this beautiful. A Weezer fan who knows how to produce an album produce an album and like damn yeah it's damn he's good it's really cool this album was nominated for best rock album which sounds great until you find out that the next album was also (laughs) nominated for best rock album, which doesn't really make sense which we can discuss but i'm proud of them i mean this is a great great rock i talked about everything will be all right in the end the last record sort of becoming uh the introduction to this weezer renaissance this album continues that streak i mean so i'm excited to talk about this because i find it so interesting how similar everything will be all right in the end to blue the white album is yes well compared to blue and pinkerton in terms of going back to basics and then allowing you to let loose a little bit instrumentally and lyrically a little bit but also in terms of blue compared to pinkerton i think pinkerton's pinkerton's songs are just like Next so level. Next level. Yeah. And Blue, as great as Blue is, it's more a consistently good record, which, like Everything Will Be Alright is, is. Exactly. And White Album, to me, is like, there are so many more songs that are like, wow, on this record totally. than there were on Everything Will Be Alright in the end. And that's the same thing for Pinkerton and Blue. So there's something about this period. It's like very, it is very much a renaissance of those two albums. Yeah. And I have no idea how much anyone knows about that. Maybe this is giving away too much for our end list, but basically I've said to everyone I know, Everything Will All Be All Right in the End and White Album are the two best records since Blue and Pinkerton. Oh, absolutely. And it is so obvious why I call it the Renaissance because, you know, 10 years later, they just have this unbelievable output. I just, I'm so proud of them. I fucking love White Album. White Album is amazing, and the production on White Album is so perfect, so good. Obviously, we spoke about how much we loved the production, the self-production, the mixing of Pinkerton because it was so raw. It was so in that 90s vein. You can't really go back to that, nor do I think they ever would want to. But for when production, they do that, that, you get like time flies. Yeah, and, exactly. You know what I mean? Like the lo-fi doesn't really work. For modern day, quote unquote, rock production, this was mixed so well that you could hear everything and everyone is doing I'm so, crazy I'm so glad good you things. brought attention to that because 
the record is such where you can listen to one song and pick out the different parts over and over again every time you listen because something new also in your ears it's happening it's a very it's binaural so well kind of yeah it, it really really sounds great okay so white album again we've just been calling them by their colors this yeah. is again this is after blue uh 94 album 2001 album 2008 album this is their fourth self-titled album which we all call the white album yes Came out April 1st of 2016, not that long ago. Uh, Andy and I that had a crazy. listening party in my living room apartment and when this I came out. And I you telling me when you guys first listened, you didn't love it, no, right? We're disappointed. Which is so interesting. Which I find with Weezer in general, that like the first listen never really gets me. Because you're always wanting Pinkerton? Like, I do you know what it so. is? <laughs> I guess so. And then the songs start to just get inside. Yeah. I don't know. This album rose to number four on the Billboard. How did that happen? How did that happen? I don't know. It's crazy. I'm so proud of them. This is, like we said earlier, it is so clearly a California album, and I love it for it. I mean, it literally starts off with the sound, like the ambient sounds of the beach and, and seagulls. with the yeah, sounds of the beach. it's just great. I also love, just, we're talking a lot about the music and the production, how great it sounds, but lyrically, I think Rivers does such a good job talking about... Uh, Gender swapping, gender dynamics, his you know relationships. For he talks sure, about religion a lot I think in a really creative these are way. Some of his best lyrics, for sure. I don't know if they're better than Bingerton. I haven't actually put them side by side. They're different. They are. They are. They're very different. Yeah, there are so many lines I can pick out that are either kind of quirky or kind of sweet or kind of interesting. Yes. There's so we will much to pick apart. Pick them out yeah. as we go through. Oh yes, the songs. we will. Let's do it. Our top five for White Album. All right, All right. I'll start this time. I don't know who started. It uh, doesn't matter. I'll start. Number five for me is Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. Woo, okay. My number five is Do You Want to Get High? My number four is Do You Want to Get High? My number four is Endless Bummer. My number three is Endless Bummer. My number three is LA Girls. My number two is LA Girls. My number two is King of the World. My number one is Girl, we got a good thing. My number one absolutely is Girl, we got a good thing. Wow, we were really towering right on there. top of each no other. No king in the world for you. No. Interesting. No, we'll talk about all it. All right, all right. All right, let's get right into it with Adam's number five pick, Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. Rivers has called this his favorite track on the record. Oh, Rivers. Not that that means much of anything, because he's said that about other tracks that are not so great. But this is such a crazy cool song that also deals with a lot of key changes, which does go back to Pinkerton. Mm. I just love that low, chuggy chord progression. The muted guitar and sounds especially so when good. he goes, or the little picking. Pat goes on the rim clicks, which I know is a Josh favorite. Yep. Another vocal ascent from verse to pre-chorus to chorus. What really happened? I got distracted. I suck at getting off the phone. And I was just mentioning in a previous episode, boy in a bubble saying I love you. I oh, should have yeah. written her a note. I just love him describing a text as boy in a bubble. That it's is so well writing. done. It is smart such writing. smart writing. 
before this key change, the one thing I will say, even though the song is number five for me, I the note at the end of her note hangs over, even if it technically doesn't touch the next chord in the key okay. change, it hangs over and it does not feel right with that key change. Interesting. Because never thought my mind is still processing that note as, yeah, it's the new, technical. as the new key comes in and it feels wrong okay. to me. But, but this chorus, this chorus is so fucking huge. classic, huge, mammoth, chunky Weezer crunch. I mean, how many times can I say it through this podcast? But it feels, when it happens, it feels so good. It so, feels so good. good. And you know what's interesting? On this album, you don't get a whole lot of just like fat rock beats mm. or just rock beats in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of, honestly, a lot of... That sounds like kind of... Backstreet Boys, what I just saying, <laughs> but it's much, it's much better than that. But it's yeah. interesting that they're not rocking out as fast and as fat as Pinkerton at times. At least Pat, like his beats. But this is an exception. This feels like honestly, it could fit on Blue Album to me. There's something about it that yes. really feels like it could fit there more yeah. so than Pinkerton. I hear that. Yeah. I love the high guitars that come in in the chorus. Also, just that perfect descending melody of summer Elaine and drunk Dory when I'm feeling lonely. Ooh, I'm literally bopping as you're go. singing it. Oh, I just can't. Oh, ooh. Oh, oh. It is yeah. so good. And I actually do like the transition back to the verse from the chorus key change. The lyric... Good witch or bad witch, God is a woman. I wish I hadn't played the prude. She touched my ankle. Paranoid android. Nice I reference. felt it in my molecules. It's a so great good. lyric. It's like all kind of all over the place. It's hyper random. specific and visceral, literally like talking about body parts. And it's, it's awesome. Yes. One of my favorite parts about this song, and this is sort of a theme on this album. The bridge of this song is oh my fucking God. beautiful. Listen to this part. Slender and tall, they whisk my worries away. Sweet piano melodies play. Feet crushing Sauvignon grapes. I hear them whispering out at the pool. Remember when we were only 16? You made me believe in God. But when I finally wake, that, both girls are gone. That melody. We're only 16. You make me believe in God. But when I finally wake. And I love the harmony on Ooh. both girls are gone. It's so well written. It's a great bridge. Yes, like and so just, many, so many times we've talked in the past at the last few records that like this bridge is kind of out of nowhere. I like this part. I don't like this part. There are a lot of good bridges on this record. He really, and there are a is lot. Is that you know? I'm just thinking. Is that mm. a testament to him finding the best bridges in his spreadsheet and finally finding finding a place for them? It's interesting. Like Maybe. you'd think it's like oh, that's kind of a lame robotic way to write songs, but if he's got such great melodies in these places. And they fit together so well. I mean, there are times, they fit together, and at the same time, there are times where it feels like that came out of nowhere, but there's such good parts that I feel like they do work together, quote-unquote. Yeah. Maybe that's not the same thing, but especially in, like, Girl, We Got a Good Thing, which we'll talk about, like, that core, that bridge comes out of nowhere, but it's also so good. Yeah. But there's another common theme throughout a lot of these songs is descending chords. I don't know if that was a big thing in Pinkerton or Blue. I never actually went back to see how many times it, yeah. that happens, but it's all over this record. And 
unless you really are analyzing it closely, you won't pick out like pick up on it, which is good. Like it's not, I wouldn't be good to be like, oh, everything is descending, <laughs> but it gives it a, f- I don't know, it gives it an older common, feel. Oh, okay. I was going to say a common through line through the album as well. There's that too, yeah. but I think there is just something about descending chords when done right that just feels good to me, to you. And, I don't know if it's everyone. Like feels so fucking good. I yeah. love it. All right, next let's talk about the second single, my number five, Adam's number four, Do You Want to Get High? Cue the feedback. Cue the feedback. And I'm so glad they do because the addition of feedback all over this album is such a welcome return. They the like the feedback and this guitar squeaks fill the spaces in a way that really makes this just sound like a better album. So I don't know how to describe it. To me, I believe Jake knew the first two albums so well. Maybe this is not true, but I believe he was like, these are the things that Weezer fans love. I don't know how he actually brought it up to You're them. right, because in River's mind, he could think, oh, they just like it because of this lyric. Or, but like, it's a little thing that you don't think about. Yeah. Feedback, slides, a bunch of that like nice talking, you know, in the background and stuff like that. So the goofy stuff, but not super goofy. Octaves, the sort of falsetto yes, octaves. Yes, yes, Bells. Oh my God. It's just like, and even some acoustic guitar here and there. He's bringing back, I th- believe this is Jake, his influence, bringing back all of these things. And again, I'm saying this because you were bringing up the feedback, but all over these songs, you hear all these familiar sounds that you might not pick up on, but it's all literally in this song. There's the Pinkerton synth. It's back. Yes. Do this song is the most Pinkerton out of Oh. Any this could have fit songs. on the album or been one of the B-sides. No question. It's got that really nice heavy yes, chugging in the first chuggy, melody. Great Ooh, chords that it goes sh- through. The drum shuffle sounds great. Yes. You said it That's what I'm earlier. saying. Exactly. Yes, but it sounds saying. great. It does sound great. Especially with the heavy and guitar. Brooding. Very brooding, brooding is the perfect word. Great melody in the verses. Also the lyrics. Crush up the blue and inhale through your nose. Scrape every cork from the wood in the floor. This is the same girl and the same oh, subject girlfriend. matter yeah, yeah, that he's yeah. talking about with, oh, girlfriend. He and this girl, I don't know if they, at the same time they were going through this prescription drug addiction or if he was and she was with him at the same time yeah. and she got addicted as well. But to compare the lyrics between Oh Girlfriend and this is just hilarious. It's hilarious because these lyrics are so incredibly good and vivid. This is 15 years later. And visceral. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So good. The bass line. Like, we haven't talked about Scott enough recently. Oh, man. But you're right. Scott is killing it here. It's just so slinky and sticky and... Ooh, the guitar noodlings. But another thing that Jake, again, we yes. can't give him too, too much credit because it's the band doing yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. But the guitar noodlings in the background in different ears sounds so good. Oh, man. The melody, do you want to get high? Don't eat no dinner tonight. I took a road trip to Mexico and scored a hundred count. That is such a good winding, descending I love, melody. I love the lyric. We could listen to Baccarat and stop at any point. Yes. That's such a funny, funky little Rivers lyric. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yes. 
I love that there is this just bar of one, just one random bar before the bridge. They do something similar before the solo in Girl, We Got a Good Thing, where at first you're like, this is kind of strange, but it's just a nice transition. Something like as small as that in terms of the songwriting. So good. Another great bridge. Bridge is awesome. And I, I'm sorry, you, you got to hear this. I especially love that you don't That's need booze. so Pinkerton. Yes. It's yes, so it is. It almost sounds like melody. a Pinkerton synth line. Oh, yeah. You know Absolute. what I mean? Yes. Yes, and, yes, I do. Okay, this is another thing going back to like Blue Album. I don't know if this was a Jake thing, but doing those falsettos in the solo, like in the garage. Ooh. The wow, ooh, wow, ooh, wow. Yeah. And then Pat has this... It can't be a coincidence. Pat has the same exact drum fill, and I don't mind because I love that. Same exact drum fill at the end of this bridge as he does in Across the Sea. The yeah, you brought that up then too. Yeah, you have to listen to that. The ending wails that Rivers does and the chords remind me so much of the end of Don't Speak by No Doubt. Like, oh. Oh, oh wow do you know what i mean that's like a great it's, reference it's yes like per- yes yes it's, it's the same thing i don't think he's copying no. her but anyway this is a crazy crazy good song for anyone who likes pinkerton there's no way you can't like the song if you don't you're just living in this <laughs> weezer sucks post pinkerton thing that's you're a, wrong that's a great point because yeah at the very least, I want you to listen to Everything Will Be Alright in the End also, but at the very least, if you are in love with Pinkerton, you're going to love White. Like there, It's obviously a different album and a different sound, but there's so many callbacks to the parts of those records that you love. Oh, it's, this is such a good song. All right, next we're going to go all the way to the end. My number four pick, Adam's number three, Endless Bummer. So this song was co-written with Brian Bell, a band member finally, not just (laughs) a random person except for now there's Luther Russell at the same time, whoever that is. But I think he's related to Leon Russell. Gotta be, right? I don't know. (laughs) Both of these guys also wrote L.A. Girls with Rivers, but in a different way. And we will will get to that. So thank you, Brian Bell. This is your like George Harrison moment. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This song sounds like a closer which I'm not really sure what I'm saying about that. I like that. This also is like the closest thing to Butterfly that they've done. Again, who knows? I mean, it's very different, but still the fact that the last yeah, song in this album- At least starting for acoustic. The most, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A classic but amazing chord progression. Such a classic Beach Boys melody. I just want the summer to end. That is and, perfect. And Rivers' boys. double-tracked vocals sound yes. great on this. And you don't usually hear him on verses with double-tracked vocals. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I don't think I ever cued into that, but it's true. There was something really special about that. The backgrounds that Brian does are perfect. Yeah. You know, I was I was giving him shit for like dreaming and stuff like that, but 
It works so well on this. And the B section of this song. I'm all alone at night. Dreaming about my life. It's Ooh. so and the chords that happen, especially on the I count my steps because I'm OCD. Such a jazzy chord. I also like that lyric a lot. Yeah, me too. Because I do that sometimes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge of this song. Don't even get me started. I put my jacket over my head I'm trying not to stare at a chest I can't even dance in the dark Cause my headphones are still on the seat of a car Everything about this, chords, lyrics melody and backgrounds literally this is one of the best parts on this record in their discography i love this lyric i put my jacket over my head i'm trying not to stare at her chest i can't even dance in the dark because my headphones are still on the seat of her car is such a good lyric it's so good i I don't even really get it but i just love it because it's so just the idea of trying not to stare at someone's chest i'm sorry but that is a relatable concept yeah, number and one just leaving headphones in someone's car it's and like the, the reference to dancing in the dark by bruce springsteen yeah. it's just such a good lyric through and through and then there's an outro that to me is so reminiscent of the future scope trilogy but even put that aside this is just an amazing way to get the best of both worlds in this acoustic out uh final song and this just amazing rock out moment This is one of my favorite Weezer moments of all time. This song for a while was number two on my list. And then LA Girls actually flipped with it because that is also just a very special song. But this is kind of a perfect song. Yeah, like, it I, really is. I, it it's, it yeah. could have been higher. For, yeah, yeah, it really could have been higher for me. But that's a just testament the, to how good the these songs The sound of the guitars. <laughs> Pat, Pat is killing Pat. it. His best fills are on this album. Yes, yes, 100%. Even with Pinkerton and even with Maladroit, which I haven't gotten to my favorite one yet. Oh, no, but I mean, oh my God, Pat's drums are so... uh... It's such a climax to this album, which is such a great album through and through, and it just leaves you on such a high. Just like Futuroscope. It's like, wow. It it really is a jaw-dropping moment on this album. And the fact that it's the last thing you hear right before it's sort of bookended with that, you know, seashore, beach noises, it's just a perfect ending to this record. Wow. Next, we're going to talk about my number two pick, the third single, King of the World. There are so many things that make this song special to me, but first and foremost, it's about his relationship with his wife, which you do not hear him write about 
almost ever. Yeah. And so knowing that going into it, I mean, I sort of learned it afterwards after already loving the song, but just makes it so much better. Before we even talk about the music, it's just about his relationship with her and her anxiety and sort of wanting to calm her anxieties and be there for her in this very sweet romantic way that I find so satisfying. The chorus, I think, could be read as cheesy. If I was king of the world, you'd be my girl. You wouldn't have to shed a single tear unless you wanted to. Unless you wanted to. That is me is such a brilliant little little lyric just the concept that like it's okay to cry and so you wouldn't have to cry unless you wanted to unless you need that as an expression i just i think that's a perfect little line i agree and again what i was saying is that there's something about the lyrics that still could seem cheesy but in the context of the whole song they are so heartfelt in terms of these are all your anxieties i just want to shelter you i just want to be there for you and i want all these anxieties to go away absolutely like and it's also like i know what it's like because yeah i know what it's like it's like i'm right there with you but it's gonna be okay it's it's really sweet and that's just the lyrics also but lyrically specifically i love dad hit you on the hand just for holding your chopsticks wrong then your mom locked you in a shed and uncle sam dropped an atom bomb but you're not alone you can let it go and just weep on my breast and cover me with your tenderness and that pain will pass oh, i know so good. it's so it's nice such a good lyric and yeah musically this is the pers- only riff only guitar riff on this entire album and it's a great one it's all right <laughs> what <laughs> I love it's like this talk box kind of wah wah guitar sound. I instantly love it. I I think, you know, I'm skipping ahead obviously, but but chorus wise, I just like when I hear this song, I'm like, why can't Weezer always sound like this? It's exclamatory it, as yeah, all hell. Great word for it. It is huge and just beautiful background vocals during it. Oh my god. Yes. I just I just fucking love this song. And yeah, like you said, it can seem hokey at times, whether that's lyrically or even like the, the verses are kind of hip hoppy. Your mom. Yes. But it's got this rhythm that I really, really dig. I like the melody of, but you're not alone. You can let it go and just sweep on my breast. Also, the instrumentation that's going on underneath that, especially the second time around, Pat's like changing up the beat and whoever's, I don't know who's on guitar at this point, but there's like these kind of weird off notes happening. It's very nicely orchestrated. And then there's the bridge, which is so interesting because do you know that this is the same exact bass line as Only in Dreams? Have you thought of that? No, I've not. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Weird. And you know what's disappointing is that I, on an album of incredible bridges, this is one of my least favorite bridges. Yeah. I don't think it's a great bridge. Uh, I, I like the lyric, but uh, to me, it's just not musically as interesting. But because it's sort of, you know, everything goes away for a second, when the chorus come back comes back in... It's it huge. is even more. It's huge. huge. And the fucking fireworks explosion yes, sound yes. effect is perfect. And we go done. back to the fill I was talking about all the way back at Maladroit of the... I love Pat's fills on this record. Yeah. They're so tasteful and so huge. Oh, man. And they also if have I this... Was king of the... I just want to shout this from the rooftops. I, I love I think that that's the that point. Melody. That is yeah, the point. Really is. They did it so well. Yeah, they really did. What a song. All right, next we're going to talk about my number three pick, Adam's number two pick on the record, L.A. Girls.
This is the second track co-written by Brian Bell and Luther Russell. But the difference here is that Brian Bell and Luther Russell wrote the music entirely and the melody. Yeah, and Rivers Just wrote the lyrics. the lyrics. But the lyrics are insane, insanely good. And the song, the it's it's such a perfect combination of all of them. Oh I'm God. so happy. Like, I'm happy that Rivers didn't write this music because the music is so good. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know what would have changed with it. It's such a crazy song. And it sounds so still classic for them because they're going back to what they do best. Well, they've got literally cue the, feed, cue the feedback again. So you get that. Oh, and, and I love that it gets, then, it's bled into from Summer, Summer Lane and Drunk Door. But yes, that 6-8 waltzy swing is so addictive. It is This melody, especially this melody in this album, not only sounds classic for Weezer, this sounds like it could be like yes, an American songbook. Absolutely. Like, it feels so classic. Absolutely. Like, this melody has always existed. Isn't that weird? LA girls, please act your age. You treat me like I have the plague. That sort of descending, this lyric. My favorite lyric. LA girls, please act Ugh. your age. You treat me like I have the plague as a gyre and gimbal in the wabe. That is taken directly from Lewis Carroll's poem, Jabberwocky. It's wild. What is, but like amazing. And it's so. Where did that so, come from? Where, I don't where know. Where did he start? pulling from things like that i don't know but that descending melody everything about it and the like guitar picking going on that is such a good part and then the b section of this it keeps going that i think i'm in whiplash oh man there's so much happening so um, part after part there's just something more to give yeah and i i just love and the chords are so good like you start off with kind of classic in that first a section and then at the ammonia and bleach part you go in terms of the chord structure i love your long hair but you just don't care so good like it just does not stop giving every second it's not even like there's there's no breath it just like keeps going uh, <laughs> what's kind of crazy is that this is my number two and yet I like the bridge I still feel like it's kind of cheesy oh I love it I, I know love you it do. does anybody love do. anybody as much as I love you yes even just saying that out loud it can be a little corny but the way it builds and the way he but overdubs the, the it's, falsetto it's the ascent of it with that lyric it almost and it also kind of sounds like what's the song oh it's first of all I think I think that melody Sounds pretty close to me to Michael Jackson's Will You Be There. Wait, what part? Hold me. Oh, to Does anybody love you? Oh, yeah. I can kind of hear yeah, it. Kind of. I mean, whether or not. Doesn't ruin it for me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, I know. But Sorry. there's something about it that's like. The songwriting to me right there is not as good as the rest of the song, but the rest of the song, the songwriting is so incredible. This was number two. After, and you, this after you come out of the bridge, though, solo. the guitar solo as such, and, and okay, Pat, once again, I need to talk about him because he is such a great drummer in terms of his interplay with the solo. He's actually listening to what's happening and playing along with the solo. That's yes, a great the drummer. The ga, the ga, ga, yes. Ga, uh. He's listening to what's happening, not just playing his own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and this solo that it's so satisfying. Please I, 
respect your age. And oh my God, like we're just singing through the songs at this point. You just need to give the song a listen and then listen again and then listen again because it's that. And every time you will good. find new things to love about it because that's, I mean, that's a lot about this album. There's so much to love into so many of these songs. Oh, I love LA Girls. Me too. All right. And finally, to cap off uh, our collective top fives for White Album, we both chose for our number one song, Girl, We Got a Good Thing. I'm so happy this is your number one. I didn't know that this was your number one. And like to me, this this song makes me feel things. Like really makes me feel happy to be alive. Like there's there's something so bright and sunny and pop perfection about it's so lush. It's so beautiful. And oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. I think you begin with the intro of this song, a very nice picking part, and then beautiful the piano. piano voicings. Ooh. And you never hear this kind of bouncy, well, mm, you maybe hear some, but not these voicings. Yeah. And we'll get to that song that maybe has some bouncy piano, but this chorus also, is the reason this song is as high as it it's, is. It's, it's delectable. It is perfect and poppy and delicious. And, and it is back to that chord progression that I've talked about multiple times. It's the same Pine Grove aphasia chord progression okay. that uses this two five one. I don't know what it is about this progression that just if you have a good melody over that, it is it is fucking candy. But also the guitars are oozing and squealing all over this song. Yes. And it just it elevates every melody because you hear extra stuff going on in the background that And it's oh, not man. even it's not even like guitar lines. There's a lot of nice feedback going on. Exactly. It's very interesting that actually I feel like a lot of there's a you you mentioned there's so much feedback on this album, but it's not just screechy feedback. It's melodic feedback mm. that I think is used really tastefully. The melody of this chorus is perfect. Girl, we got a good thing. As it's going, do, do, yes. do, do. You know where this is heading. Uh huh. Just a couple of birds. And then just that, girl, we got a good thing. And I don't see the sending. Do you want to fly? Do you want to flee? Do you want to get I away love with me? That part. The rhythm of how he says that and just that lyric, it's all good. And then this is just the beginning where they start with the chorus, right. by the way, which I love. And then Pat just fills into it and they hit on two. <laughs> oh, man. What's again kind of crazy, just like the bridge of LA Girls. These verses are not my favorite thing of this song. Jingle, they're, jingle. Because they're kind of hokey. Where is happy as a couple Harry Krishnas? But I love the lyric, oblivious to all the hate around us. That is such a nice lyric. We could self-publish a book about of, our, of our philosophy yeah. and hand it to the tourists. But there's also so many nice things going on. The drums like, are just so dynamic the drums, all over. You've got this... And I love, I always love singing back. I don't know what gibberish they're saying but right before the second chorus the oh you wanna wish you wanna 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 and then pat goes <laughs> yes yes so good and then they go back to the second verse just for half the length of the first yes. one and then as i was talking Ooh, about before mama. this crazy bridge you gotta hear this
This bridge is everything. It is just fucking drums and guitars and melody and falsetto and it just explodes. This is such a great bridge. Yeah, and this is, the, this? this is the kind of thing that it's like, where did this come from? And this song was solely written by Rivers. Love you, Rivers. This is like amazing. And it came out of nowhere, but works so well. More descending chords. That melody. You scare me like an open window. That is so Good and the way that this solo transitions into the solo. But hang on, when when Rivers is singing what you just sang, oh, the drums are Scott. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that bass kick, but also the the guitar sounds great. It just like they're trying to they're trying to like eke out yeah. while he's singing, and then God, when it when it picks up, it just it just drips with happiness. And I love love the. I want to crawl into and then the guitar and, picks up right where he yes, leaves and off. and this is one of those moments that it's just like these two random bars that don't have anything really to do with the bridge that just happened and the solo that's about to happen, but it's just a nice way of connecting the two. Another great sort of dueling harmony solo. Pat's got this. God, I love his fills. And the end of this song, they do other shit at the end of this chorus, changing the chords and... There are so many great guitars all over the goddamn place. They're everywhere. This song keeps it's perfect. on. It's a giving. perfect song. It really it's is. It's an incredible, oh, crazy song. Do you, do you just hear, like, we are just getting so hyped talking <laughs> about these songs. I feel fucking high right now yeah. talking about this. It's kind of crazy. High as a kite. <laughs> high as a kite, or do you want to get high? Let's go with that one. Yeah, fine. Um, and we're about to talk through the rest of the songs on this album, but what's also crazy is that this is another album, like Red Album, that has crazy good B-sides. Crazy good B-sides. And we will talk about some of those B-sides. Yes, but let's go with the rest of this album. Yes, so we already spoke about... Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't talk about the opening. The opening song is California Kids, that first song that we had mentioned uh, before that sort of spurred this whole record. This song also co-written by Dan Wilson from Semisonic. Ah, which yeah. was the other one? Uh Oh, ruling me on Hurley. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway, this starts off with a very familiar sound of pink triangle guitar that and glockenspiel or the bell. Another yeah. like maybe it's obvious that they're trying to go back to some of these things from Pinkerton, but it still but sounds I don't different. Ca- it's this different, and you know I don't even care. Versions We've had so Pinkerton. many shit albums up to this point. <laughs> yeah. You can literally re re-record Pinkerton. And <laughs> I would enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, man. Beautiful ambient beach sounds we've already spoken about. And when the guitar comes in, the bass starts rumbling. It's just it's just nice. It just feels good. I really like this as an opener. This is not one of my favorite songs on the album. I agree fully. But this is a great this is a great start to the album. And it, a n- more descending chords, another nice uh, yeah, melody. More muted guitar descents. Ding, ding, You're ding, absolutely ding, right. Ding, 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 There's something about that. I love when it picks up for the pre-chorus and that Oh yeah. That oh, yeah. picking comes in. You don't have to have the answers so good. And then what's interesting is this is sort of where I don't love the halftime. It's maybe starting to grow on me, but I don't love it. I love at the end when they do the chorus, that's double time. It's gonna be Oh, 
This is just like a classic sounding, easy breezy, exactly. great pop song. Yes. It's just so good. I agree. After California Kids, we get the second track on the record, Wind in Our Sail. This song was fighting for a spot for me. Love this song. For sure. And also, you know what's weird about this? This was co-written with another member or the other members of American All American Rejects. Not the ones who Are you helped write, put me back together. Isn't really? that weird? Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, this starts off with a really so cool, much uh, jaunty kind of piano riff and the guitars to get... Oh, man. The drumming is so upfront in this song. This I is love another one of the, the sound. Yeah. Like, this is not the usual like rock beat, but it works so well. Oh man. Acidification wiped out the tiger shark. Let's try to save their souls and trust the man with the Torah. We got the what? wind in our sail like Darwin on the Beagle and Mendel experimenting with the pea. I love that. Yes. Mendel experimenting with, with the pea. It's kind of hip hoppy that part. Yeah. Which I, I really it's a soaring really melody. Like this we chorus. We got the wind in our sail. In our sail. It just builds so well. And we can do so many great things together, yes. together. As Adam is singing this, his hand is going up <laughs> and down in the air because because these melodies go all over yes. the place, but they work yes. together so well. And I love this bridge so much that I need to play it for you. I, I love that lyric, pushing a stone up a hill, it rolls back down. Oh, Sisyphus, it rolls back down. Just that uh, mythology of Sisyphus. It's such a great little nugget of lyricism. He's got interesting things to say again. Yes, and this is back to, and I'm really not saying this in a bad way, but it just, for some reason, I think these descending chords translate so well to me. They're back to descending chords, and I love that melody and the pictic... <laughs> And the picked guitar. So good. Pushing a stone up the hill and if it rolls back down. Whoa, Sisyphus. The drums are doing some cool stuff there, too. You're right, it's very hip hop. Yeah. Great track. That to me is my favorite part of the song. After California Kids and Wind in Our Sail, we get the very strange lead single from White Album, Thank God for Girls. It's kind of. Makes sense that this is the lead single. Does it? Yeah, it's a little more rappy and even this like This is a weird song for them though. This is a weird experimental song on this album. To me, this just does not fit. It does not fit oh, on it this record at all. At no. all. I wish it was replaced by one of the B sides. I agree. But I've grown to really like this song. I think it is a tremendously strange song that really showcases his weird lyrics. And I really like the point, thank God for girls. He's literally just like praising femininity and I, yes. I just love it. Yes. And he does it in such a strange way. I love it. This song is so lyrically dense and funny and quirky at times and weird at other times. God took a rib from Adam, microwaved it on the popcorn setting. What? Grounded it in yeah. a centrifuge. centrifuge machine. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Something, a lot of shit about cannolis, shoving cannolis in your mouth. <laughs> Pat, one of his best fills is coming out of this verse and a big fat cannoli to shove in your it's like I don't know what's so happening good. it's just like it's orgasmic just that that part oh my god the chorus is pretty stupid 
I have to say at least the first half. Thank God for girls. Hallelujah. But I love she's so big. Oh, I love the she's so strong. She's strong. That harmony, she's so sweaty overall. I love that. I'm like an Indian for kid trying to meditate on a bed of nails with my pals. But when he goes, Thank God. Yes. That is nice too. Weird song. I fully agree. This is my least favorite on the album, I believe. Totally. Uh, but, but, but it's still it, give it a listen because it's, it's weird. It's different. It's it is, weird I guess, its own experimental song. I guess I'm glad they made it in a way. I wish this was a B side. I wish, yeah. I, I also wish this was like a one-off track because yeah. it's so supremely strange. But, but together with the rest of these songs that we are freaking out over, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit. And this was written with Alex Goose. I think he just picked up a goose on the side <laughs> of the road and wrote this song. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> All right, after that, we ran through most of the record. Girl, We Got a Good Thing, Do You Want to Get High, King of the World, Summer Elaine, L.A. Girls. Do you, like These songs, back to back. Insane. What an amazing this middle really, section. This Holy really shit. is like Pinkerton to me. Yeah. Especially because we just talked about, thank God for girls, we're about to talk about Jacked Up, which both of these songs are almost like very different types of songs, but similar in the way of, for me, Get You and Why Bother. Whoa. What I mean about that is I would take... Get you and why bother off of Pinkerton for other Pinkerton B-sides. And I would take Jacked Up and Thank God for Girls off of White Album for other White Album B-sides. But I still kind of like this song. Mm. I think it's very strange for them. It's got that modern hip-hop beat, but you get a lot of high falsetto Rivers vocals in this. I think the drumming is so awesome. cool. I really awesome like that beat. On really this song. cool. Very impressive. It's, it's kind of a nice verse melody. If I stay the night. <laughs> I love the end of why, why, yes. why to my flowers always die. But I hate Lama Jacked Up. Agreed. It's a Over little you. it's a little awkward. Billy Diamonds! <laughs> Just for you. Like, what is that? The bridge is kind of out of nowhere. Doesn't but very really Weezer. fit. But good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Supernova and cosmic dust. You spawn galaxies. Ooh, great! What an astronomically great lyric. Yes. Weird song, but give it a listen. Honestly, this whole album is so great. Cool. Again, these songs that I just mentioned feel very out of place on the album. But at the same time, there are songs like California Kids. There's something about the choruses, California Kids, Wind in Our Sail, King of the World. They're so exclamatory. It is the fact that they all have some of those like vocal rises and each part kind of gets a little more intense until this climactic chorus. It works for a song, but when you have it so many times, there are still times where I have to like remember which song is which, even now after I know these songs so well. I don't agree, so, but but I hear what you're saying because so, you so many of them like float into the stratosphere with their soaring melodies. I know what you mean. So having jacked up and thank God for girls does break up the record, so it's not all the same the kind same of stuff. chorus. Yeah. But yeah. then you have endless bummer. You have girl, we got a good thing, which is so Beach Boys and different for some of those other songs. L.A. Girls. Summer Elena Drunk Dory, there are so many just like very different sounding and perfect. I songs. fucking love this record. Thank you, Weezer. Thank you, Rivers. Thank you, Thank Jake. you, Jake Sinclair. You, you did know. You knew. This is exactly the kind of record I wanted Weezer to make. And yes. I just, at the time that this came out, I was like, I can't believe where Weezer's going. They are literally heading into some place that 
I I am so excited for because how can they how can to go from everything into white is such a great leap even from those two albums that I was like where are they going next so I think a good but sad way to transition into the next album is that Rivers wanted when working with Jake he wanted again to experiment and to evolve and Jake so badly wanted to go back to their old sound. And River said that Jake won, but Jake was too much of a fan. And so they went with someone else for the next what album. I, what I do not like about that whole sentiment, I get the concept of River's not wanting to totally go back and we still wanted to experiment, but when when the songwriting is this great, when the band dynamic is this great, it doesn't matter. This is still a twist. This is not the same album as Pinkerton. This is not Listen, the same album as Blue. I don't, I, when someone is so close to the music they're writing, I think it is. It, I think it is hard, even if it's so clear to everyone else. I think it's so hard to be uh, objective like that. It's a. It's a really good point. But my God, were we left with such a great album? Such a great album. Hopefully, not their last great album. Yeah. But we will talk about. We'll see. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part 10 in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Weezer's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the continuation of the new Weezer renaissance with their incredible 10th record, The White Album, tune in next week where we explore their further foray into beach pop with their 11th album, Pacific Daydream. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Weezer. What are your top five favorite songs on The White Album and why? What do you think of Rivers' new songwriting techniques? What do you think about Jake's production and influence on the band? What are your favorite lyrics on this beast of a record? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Top 5 Disco for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, rating and reviewing Top 5 Disco on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen is always appreciated. And don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco.